Hi there. For this episode, we're coming to you live from the Museum of London, where we held a breakfast briefing on the incoming GDPR. We heard from our CEO, Martin Sweeney, along with Mike Haley from Cyphus and Vanessa Barnett, a technology and data lawyer at Keystone Law. Following the event, Jerry sat down with Vanessa to go back through some of the questions voiced during the panel session. Vanessa specializes in helping high-growth tech companies comply with data protection, which makes her quite the expert on the GDPR. Welcome to this uh, special bonus podcast. It's on the topic of GDPR and what companies need to do to get compliant in the next 400 days. We're here in the Museum of London where we've just held an event. Uh, Vanessa Barnett has spoken eloquently and at some length on the topic and we're providing the slides uh, alongside this. So we're not going to ask her to go over everything she did there. We're just going to have time in the podcast. But what I'm going to do is ask her to uh, sort of summarize the questions that we were asked at the end of the event. The audience for this event was a mixture of B2C companies, large and small. Um, and the questions that he asked at the end were really very interesting. Um, so we're going to go scattergun. Vanessa, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very good. much for inviting Excellent. me. Thank you very much and thanks for coming. Um, let me just throw these right at you. Uh, one of the questions was, is GDPR the gold standard for compliance? If you're complying with GDPR, are you compliant across the world or what else do you need to do? The GDPR is certainly a gold standard, and if you get your GDP, GDPR compliance right, um, you will have ticked boxes in many other countries around the world. Okay, and the burden for compliance with GDPR is pretty sizable. Um, does it take any account of the size of the business? Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly a much higher burden in some areas than you had under the old Data Protection Act, but it does take account of the size of the business, the resources available to you, whether you can afford to buy certain types of technology. So yes, it definitely does take account of that. So is there an option to sort of cry poor to say, I, I just can't afford to be compliant, uh, business compliance officers that don't find me? I, I don't think there's an option to cry poor, but I think there's an option to cry, this is all I can afford and I did the best that I could. One of the most interesting questions was to do with suppliers um, and how do I ensure that my suppliers are, are compliant because I think we understand I can make huge efforts to make my own company compliant, but that doesn't necessarily apply to the people who I have to send data to. What's the best advice there? Yeah, so it's a really good question that came from the floor. A lot of businesses now are relying increasingly on third-party suppliers to do various bits and pieces in their own business. And if you send personal data, you obviously have an obligation to make sure that the supplier that you send it to is compliant. Uh, one of the things that everybody should be doing right now is looking at their supplier contracts if they do send personal data to the supplier and making sure that those are fit for purpose under the GDPR, particularly in the area of making sure the supplier is on the hook to compensate you if they get it wrong. You're holding up very well on the questioning, Vanessa. Oh, next one. Um, does GDPR only apply to online businesses? Uh, I think the GDPR is very focused on online businesses because it was in the forefront of the minds of the regulators, but it's very much a method of business neutral. It applies to you whether you run a pub or whether you run an online shop. Okay. Um, increasingly, businesses are using... Uh, that's the right word. They're processing identifiable data, personal data through algorithms, through machine learning uh, systems in order to produce a, a sort of an outcome. Um, is that is a requirement to get consent for that to happen under GDPR? Uh, there can sometimes be a requirement to get consent unless there's another reason for doing so. And that's a little bit outside the scope of this podcast. But one of the things I would say is there is an overriding obligation of transparency under the GDPR. So people who are doing very interesting, complicated things with technology are going to have to find easy and plain English ways of explaining these to their customers and suppliers. I can say from experience, that's not easy. But um, 
Is there any, well, sorry, will Brexit provide any level of exemption for uh, GDPR? If I'm a UK company operating in the UK, uh, can I ignore it? So a lot of people are asking me right now about whether Brexit means that they won't need to comply with the GDPR. The GDPR comes into force on the 25th of May next year, and Brexit's not happening until sometime after that. So there will be a period where everyone in the UK has to comply. But even after Brexit, we are still going to be subject to these EU rules if we're providing business in any meaningful way to European citizens. And finally, I would say that our our own regulator is heavily involved in crafting the GDPR. So even if you are completely UK only following Brexit, you are probably going to have some pretty similar rules. So even UKIP have to comply? Yes. Okay, Vanessa, thanks very much. As we say, the, uh, um, the, the deck will be available and there'll be a blog post accompanying this, which you can find at ravelin.com slash blog.